Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, you guys can be seated. You can be seated. Hope everybody's doing well today. Hope everybody's doing really good today. Listen, I do want to, uh, I want to recognize a, a few people. First, I want to tell you that Lynn, uh, who usually does all of our behind-the-scenes PowerPoint, Facebook Live, and all that kind of stuff, he is actually in Colorado. He was able to, uh, for the first time ever, uh, he did a wedding uh, for his, for his uh, niece yesterday in Colorado. And I think he did well. I think he was really nervous, though. But I think he did really well. So, Lynn, everything, hopefully, if you're watching, you're not supposed to be watching because I told you to take the week off, but you may be. And if you are, everything's going well here. And everything's going well because Samantha in the back. Samantha, Samantha, wave your hand. Hey, 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 hey. Samantha, uh, Samantha has uh, uh, worked really hard this morning to make sure everything is going. And I'm telling you, she's a teenager. And if I had the response, I don't know why we put that responsibility in her, but we did. Lynn did, actually. I didn't. Uh, and, uh, but no, listen, she's, she's done fantastic uh, this morning. She really has. And I appreciate her so much. I wanted to recognize her. And so that's really cool. Uh, something else, too, I thought we'd uh, recognize here this morning. Um, the... the um, the amount of testosterone you see flowing from this side is not in your mind. It's the uh, central football team over there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, Coach Joey, Coach Paul, we really appreciate what you guys do. They not only lead them uh, in, 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 um, in sports, but they also lead them in their faith and also lead them in being examples. And uh, I, love, I love their approach. It's really, it's really awesome. So I'm excited for what the school is going to be doing, and I really appreciate you guys being here. I really do, and I know there's a few families that are here because their kids are here, and I really appreciate you guys being here as well. I really do. Listen, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John uh, 1. 1 John 1, not John 1, 1 John 1. Uh, that's where we're going to start at today. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we're doing. We have a series called Summer Baggage, and the series actually is, is we've been doing it all summer, and it's about various things that we deal with in our lives that a lot of times we hang on to for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and, years. and it kind of sits there, it kind of it, it's almost like it, 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 it's almost like it, 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 you know, it goes into the spare bedroom of our life and it kind of just stays there in the backdrop until something happens or something occurs and all of a sudden it pops up. And so we've talked about summer baggage. The first thing I told you guys is you have to get your priorities straight. If you're going to change anything, listen, if you're going to change anything about your life, you have to get your priorities straight first. And so what you have to do is, is you have to get alignment. Alignment with what? I've shared the story with you guys a million times, but I'll tell you again, you know, you can get the best tires in the world. I mean, you can spend, you know, thousands of dollars on these awesome tires, but if your car is not in alignment in a short amount of time, those tires are going to be ruined and you can throw them away. Our lives are the same way. We have to get alignment, alignment with what God's word says. And so we have to have our priorities aligned with what God's word says before before you decide, hey, I'm going to make this change or that change. That is if you're inviting God to come in and be a part of that change. And so that's the first thing I said is you have to get your priorities straight. We talked about laziness. By the way, all these are on our Facebook page and on our website. You can go on and listen to every one of these. We talked about
about laziness. We talked about fakeness. We talked about freedom. We talked about jealousy and envy. And we talked about getting out of your comfort zone. And then finally last week I talked about self-control. Being self-control in your emotions. How what mature people do is, is when they have an emotion or they have a feeling, they don't just, they don't just vomit all over everybody. That's not what they do. That mature people, who are, especially who are mature in Christ, they have self-control. As a matter of fact, we looked at how it was actually part of, it was actually part of the fruit of the Spirit. It was, it's the last one, and we forget about it a lot of times because we kind of say, ah, self-control. So, no, listen, I want to tell you, it's very, very important. And so today what I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about, I want to talk about another baggage that we oftentimes carry around. Today I want to talk about letting go of guilt and, our, and things from our past. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about letting go of guilt and things from our past. 1 John 1, 9 says this, and we had it up just a second ago. Here's what it says. It says this. Now, I love 1 John 1, 9. I want to read 1 John 1, 8 first, and then we'll go into 1 John 1, 9. It says this. If we claim to have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And so from that you see this. If we claim to have no sins, we're only fooling ourselves. And so, and we don't operate in the truth. And so if you think, oh, I'm not that bad. I don't do very much. Oh, it's okay. Blah, blah. That's a lie. That's a lie. It also tells us this. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone is on the same page. We're all on the same page. Sin separating us from God. That's exactly where we are. And so it says, if, if we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And then here's nine. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And I want to go on and, and look at verse 10 because it says this. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. One of the things I told you last week is this. I said... The enemy, the enemy, and this is a test. The, the enemy operates where? In emotions. That's right. The enemy operates. I'm going to thank you guys for y'all too that listened last week. The enemy, the enemy operates in emotion, okay? It operates in emotion. But God, God operates in truth. God operates in truth. And I want you to understand something. The enemy, while God can come over, and use emotions to impact our lives, the enemy has no ability to go over to the other side. Are you with me? All he can do is take truth and twist it. That's what he did whenever he was in the garden. That's what he did whenever he uh, had he tempted Jesus. He takes truth and he twists it. That's what he does. And so I want you to see there that, that verse 10 says that we have to show that God's word is in our heart. That's what, that's what our key is. We have to show that. And when we say, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, listen, none of us are fine. All of us are in need of a Savior. And today I want to show you a few things from the text and from the scripture. I want to show you how the enemy, the accuser, the accuser uses our past against us. Listen, we all have things that we struggle with. We all do. We all have made mistakes. We all have made mistakes. And we all have things that we struggle with. No one is immune from that. We just saw that in what First John said. No one is immune from that. You know, whenever I was, uh, my dad died when I was 59 years old. I was 59 years old. And my dad passed away. And whenever, whenever he uh, 
he passed away. Um, I mean, I wasn't 59 years old. My dad was 59 years old. So, uh, yeah, that would be weird because I'd be like prophetic. Hey, Dad, you're dying at 50, but I'm 59. Uh, no, my dad died when, when he was 59 years old. I was, 30, I was 34, and he, he um, just to be honest with you, my, my, dad, my dad was a loving, was a loving father most of the time. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but he's a loving father most of the time. And, and, but my dad, my dad had a few vices. Are you with me? He had a few vices. Um, yeah, he could cuss the air blue, all right? I mean, literally, when he, I mean, he, he, he you know, you know, some people's spiritual gift is, is uh, encouragement. My dad was cussing. I mean, he, like, he cussed. It wasn't a spiritual gift, but it, he's a cusser. And so, and he, he had a few other vices. And so whenever he passed away, I knew that a pastor had went and sat down and talked to my father about God. And he, because he, I never really saw my dad go to church a lot, uh, but my dad knew the Bible, which was kind of strange, but he never went to church much. But he, he and I, he had a whole life before I was even born that I didn't know about, about, you know, serving in the church and all this kind of stuff. And I learned later. But at the time, I was very concerned because I was like, man, you know, um, you know, I want to I want to see my dad again. And, and all these kind of things entered my mind. And I knew a pastor had gone to talk to him. And I knew I knew that he was um, I knew that he had talked to him, but I didn't know what my dad said. I had no clue because my dad died very sudden. My dad had colon cancer, stage four colon cancer. He had a surgery uh, and then he died the following Tuesday uh, of a complication from the surgery at home. He actually passed out at home. He actually was life flighted and he passed away three days later. And so I didn't know, I knew he went to visit him in the hospital, but I didn't know what my dad said. And so long story short, I am sitting, uh, and my dad was pretty popular in the little hometown that we're from. Uh, it was a large, large funeral. I mean, like everyone, you know how they have like different rooms for the funeral home? All of those were filled with chairs. And uh, I think at one point it was two point something miles was, and it was cold. It was 14 degrees snowing. It was terrible. But people were actually standing outside listening. Uh, it was, it was a very, it was a great thing, a great honor for my father. But, but I, I was sitting up in, with, with the, uh, with the family and every eye was on us. And, uh, I was having a panic attack. Is anybody having a panic attack? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. I was having a panic attack and I leaned over to Wendy and I said, I'm going to have to get out of here. And she goes, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to leave. Cause then and it's a small town. Everybody will talk about you. Uh, and anyway, so and I was like nervous and I was, you know, I could just feel, you know, I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well. And the guy began to talk and he said this, and I've never forgotten this. And I've used this so many times. Uh, and I, I, this is amazing. He said this, <clears throat> he said, and he, he confirmed my father's beliefs. And then he said this, he said, and my dad's name is Bobby. He said, Bobby Williams wasn't a perfect man. And neither are you. And neither am I, but he has a perfect God. When he said that, I'm telling you right now, it was like, and it's funny because Wendy's mother was sitting in, in, in as part of the extended family in the, in the front, and she apparently was dead-eye locked on me. And when he said that, literally a smile came on my face, and I could feel the anxiety just leave me. I could feel that weight just be lifted off. And I've never had it since. I could just feel it be lifted off. Can I tell you something? You are not a perfect person. 
And there's no expectation that you will be. And I am not a perfect person. And there's no expectation that I will be. But we serve a perfect God. And I want you to understand something here. I want you to get this if you don't get anything else. The enemy, I want you to listen. The enemy uses guilt to keep you stuck where you are. I want you to get that. The enemy uses guilt to keep you stuck where you are. Revelation 12.10 says this. I think it's going to be up here. Revelation 12.10. Revelation 12.10 says this. It says, let me turn to it real quick. 12.10. It says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority and the authority of his, uh, of, I, mean, I can't see it, because of, of, of his Christ. And it goes on, I want you to listen to this, okay? It says, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. And listen, the one that accuses them before our God day and night. It says, the accusers of our brother, that's you and I, the accuser, the one that accuses us, the one that accuses them day and night has now been thrown down, has been thrown down. He is the accuser. Satan says this, he says, look at your sinful, look at your sins, man. God, look at your sins. And God says, look to Jesus. You guys know this verse, Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 12, 2 says that he is the author and perfecter of our faith is what it says. It says that Jesus is the author, it was his idea, and the perfecter. He's going to walk it out with us. But the accuser continually talks to us about our, our things that we've done in our past. Things that we've messed up on. Mistakes that we've made. And he constantly accuses us on and on and on and on. Romans 8.33 says this, Who dares accuse us? Whom God has chosen for his own. Who is it that accuses us? No one. No one. The Bible says that no one has the right to accuse us. Those that are followers of Jesus. Because God has chosen us for his own. For God himself has given us right standing with him. God gave that to us. So the accuser who is constantly accusing us has no authority to even do that, is what the Bible says. And this is for those who are followers of Jesus. How does the enemy accuse us? What does he do? I don't know about you guys, but for me, he makes me doubt that there's been any change in my life at all. He makes me doubt that there's been change. He makes me doubt my belief. He makes me doubt having faith. And it really does. Listen, I know it sounds simple, but it really comes down to who we're looking to. Who is it that we're looking to? Who is it that we're, uh, that we're, that we're focused on? You know, when we, when we sin, it does separate us from God. But God's faithful to forgive us when we repent. Do you know what most of the time happens, though, whenever we do something wrong or whatever we messed up? I can tell you from a pastor's perspective what y'all do, okay? Whenever you guys have made a, a, a mess up, whenever you guys have done something that, that you really, you know, you've messed up or, or you've done something major or something's happened, here's what you guys do. You guys will not come here 
for a while. Okay? You run from church. And you run from God. And here's what you do most of the time. You go back to what you were doing before you had experienced God. Okay? So you know how I know that? Well, I know that because of what Peter did when he messed up. When he messed up, where did Jesus find him at? He was fishing. He went back to the same life he had had before, doing the same old things, getting the same old results. That's what he did. Why? Because he messed up. Because he had guilt and shame from his past. And so that's what happens to us as well. Another thing that we see, we know that this is what happens because of this. Where were Adam and Eve when they had messed up? They were hiding is what they were doing. They were hiding. They were hiding in the garden. God came to look for them and they were hiding. How does he keep us stuck? Well, listen, he keeps us stuck because the one who is the answer for our problem is located in this area. And when we mess up or when we let this guilt, this accuser, we get further and further and further and further and further away from the solution. And we fall back on what we've always done and we get the same results we've always gotten. That's what happens. That's what happens almost every time when I see people who have messed up or who are experiencing guilt and shame in their life. I've given this story and this example before, but it's such a great example. And I wish it was original me, but it's not. Such a great example, though. Listen, you guys, I know that this will surprise some of you guys, but in the 80s, I loved rap music. I did. I'm going to go old school on some of you guys, okay? Is there anybody here that remembers Midnight Star? You and me. <laughs> Midnight. She didn't expect an overweight white boy to talk about Midnight Star. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Midnight Star. Midnight Star. I want to know some stories about Midnight Star in your childhood. I want to hear that. I know, right? So <laughs> Midnight Star was a group. And listen. I used to have a boom box. Now, when I say a boom box, I'm, I'm talking about a boom box. It was silver. Everybody had it. It was silver, and it had the two big boom boxes. And listen, y'all, I could do every lyric of Midnight Star. I could. I'm not doing it now. I can still do every lyric, but I'm not doing it now. All right? <laughs> we are Midnight Star. We're going to show you how to do it. Do you want a microphone? You want to come up here with me? No, I'm just kidding. I know, right? Everybody's like, yeah. But listen, I love, I love rap music. Uh, and toward the end, toward like the 87, 88, 89, maybe, maybe 85, I was listening to some rap music and I was thinking, man, I'm like sixth grade. Where are my parents at? How did I even get these tapes? But I had them. I had those tapes, right? Uh, but no, listen, I love listening to music and I love, and so I would, I would memorize those songs and I would, it was so good and I would play these tapes over and over and over and over again. It was like constant. It was on loop. Constant. I mean, it was constant. I love that stuff. And I had this old cassette tape player. Now let me say something to you. If I were to go right now and get an old boom box and you saw me in my car and I had a boom, I've done this before, by the way, when I was a little older, but I had a boom box. And I had my midnight star, okay? 
we could go run DMC if y'all want to. I mean, it's fine if, that was, if that's better because a lot of people know who run DMC was. I wanted to go Midnight Star. I had my Midnight Star cassette tape, and I put that sucker in. And you guys drove past me. We were down here at the Chick-fil-A right there getting ready to go through the drive-thru. And you looked over and you saw me with that boom box sitting on the dash. And I was, you know, popping and locking and all that kind of stuff. You got, first you'd say, I didn't know he could do that. And the second thing you would say is this. You'd say, what the heck is he doing? So what is he doing? He, he's, got, he's got a stereo in his car. Why does he have an old boom box? Why does he have a cassette tape? I mean, at least he could graduate to a, to a you know, to a, uh, uh, what are they called? CD. <laughs> I was thinking DVD. I was like, no, if I say that, Leslie's going to say something. So I didn't want to do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, a CD, he could at least do a CD. I mean, he probably got all the music. He could probably listen to Midnight Star on his phone in the car. Why has he got a boombox playing that same old cassette over and over again? But I want you to know something. Really, God is asking you the same kind of thing because what we do is, is we take those old cassettes of mess-ups and past, we take those things and we play those cassettes over and over and over and over and over again in our minds. When God has moved way past that, He's way past that. And what we do is, is we go back and we get out the boom box and we put in the Midnight Star cassette. You know, that's what we do. If you're a redneck, you put in Leonard Skinner. But whatever, that's what we do. And we play those over and over and over and over and over again in our minds. And God is saying, look, you don't understand something. I've moved way past this. But the enemy continually accuses us. No, no, you, you remember what you did? No, oh, you remember? And you take, that, you take that midnight star and you put it in there and you hit play. And those things play over and over and over and over again in our minds. That's how he accuses us. That's how he accuses us. We play those same old things over and over again and over again. Listen, I want to tell you something today. And I want you to hear this, and this is going to be my second point. Listen, y'all, you can't undo the past. I want you to hear that. You can't. You can't undo the past. You can't do it. My dad used to say this all the time. He said, son, you can't unscramble eggs. You can't unscramble eggs. What's done is done. You can't undo the past. You can't unscramble eggs. You can't. You can't, you can't, what you've done is done and it's in the past. And if you've repented for that, if you've asked God, who we saw earlier, God is the one that covers those things. He prepared us so that we could come to him. If you, if you've done that, then that's gone. Even if the accuser continually tries to get you to play those old cassette tapes. You can't undo the past. Philippians 3 says this. Philippians 3 says this. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. It's Paul talking. By the way, when he's talking about this, he's in chains in a prison. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess 
that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. All right? And going to the next one. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. And here's the thing I want you to hear. And I want you to catch this word. But I focus on this one thing. Okay, well, this is going to be important because this is what he focuses on. So here's what he focuses on. He's in prison. He's messed up. By the way, just to let you guys know what his past was, he killed Christians. That's what his past was. Not that I've achieved it. Not that I've reached what the end goal of my life. Here's what I focus on. This one thing. Are you ready? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And then it goes on to the verse that a lot of us know in 14. It says this. Verse 14. Well, we don't have 14, but we're going we're gonna to read it. Um, 14, it says this. <clears throat> Verse 14, it says, give me a second. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I focus on this one thing. I forget the past and look forward and press on. That's what he says. I forget the past, look forward, and press on. No matter what my mom says or my dad says, no matter what my ex says, no matter what the person in high school says, no matter what so-and-so says about me who judges me, no matter, and I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. I press on. I move forward to what lies ahead. Here's what I want you to understand. In the Old Testament, it's, there's, a, there's a, a verse in Psalms that says, it says, God is doing a new thing. And it says this, it asks this question, it says, can't you see it? Can't you see that God is doing a new thing? Can't you embrace that God is doing a new thing? But I have a bigger question for you than that. And here's the question that I want you to ponder. If we're unable to let go of our guilt and our past failures. I want you to hear this. If we're unable to let go of our guilt or our past failures, why did Jesus come to begin with? Think about that. If we are unable to let go of our guilt and our past failures, why did Jesus come to begin with? And here's a better question. What is it that you were delivered from? What is it that you were delivered from? If we can't let go of our guilt and our past, what is it that you were delivered from? Do you really think do you really think that God's only mission was to make sure you got to heaven? Do you really think that was it? Because if that was it, John 10.10 10 wouldn't be true necessarily because the scripture says that he came for us to have an abundant life, overflowing life, here and now. 
if you can't let go of the guilt and past, what exactly did he deliver you from to begin with? What did he deliver you from? That's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Listen, the final thing I want to tell you is this. God can use your failures for your good and his glory. He can. God can use your failures for your good and for his glory. We went through Hebrews over the last year and we got to chapter 11 and we went down a long line of people in Hebrews. I want to go down there too with you. Noah, Noah in Hebrews. Hebrews 11 was where he, they, these were the, 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 really the pinnacle of faith, the hall of fame people in the Bible, the hall of fame of faith. These are the people that were lifted up as, yes, these people were the ones that got it. These people were the ones that did, did what God wanted them to do. These people were the ones that did that. So these were the all-stars, guys. These were the all-stars. Noah. Noah got drunk and revealed himself for everybody to see. Abraham. He lied about his wife twice, being his sister. Jacob. His name literally means deceiver. Moses. Moses murdered someone. Rahab, she was probably the most famous prostitute ever to live. Rahab. These are all people who were used by God. Gideon, he had to pee over and over. He was told over and over and over and over and over again that he could trust God. By the way, Gideon's name literally means loaf of bread. It means barley loaf. Old barley loaf. Old sunbeam. And he was a great man of faith. At least your name's not loaf of bread. You know what I'm saying? David. He was an adulterer and he had a guy murdered because he wanted to be with his wife. All these great people, these great people in this hall of fame of faith. And yet every one of them messed up. Every one of them messed up. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. When you turn over to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses. Do you know who those crowd of witnesses are? The people I just read about. They are. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so entangles and trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then verse 2 says, we do this... And this is going to sound very familiar to you because we just read it a little bit ago. We do this, and here's what it is. This is still his focus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfect, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. What do we do? Philippians 3 says, we focus and press forward. We keep our eyes on Christ. We don't keep our eyes on the accuser. We keep our eyes on Christ. God can use your failures for your good and for his glory. Romans 8.28 says this, and I'll close with this. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes Everything. What did I say? Everything. I didn't hear you. Everything to work together for the good. Okay, now we stop there. 
Well, God works everything together for the good. No, let's go ahead and read the rest of it. Of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's what he does. If you're not a follower of Christ and you have these mistakes, that's you. If you're a follower of Jesus, God can take those mistakes and he works everything to good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That means that he can take your mistake that you made back when you were listening to Midnight Star, all right? And he can use that for your good and for his glory. But here's the biggest part, and here's the key, and I'll close with this. And this is the biggest part that we all fail. You have to allow him to do it. You have to allow him to do it. What exactly were you delivered from? And if you were delivered from it, why are you allowing the accuser to continue to accuse you? Listen, you guys, take that boombox, I know Midnight Star Tape, throw it in the dumpster. God's got something new for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God. Thank you so much that you are. God, I'm thankful that you love us enough and believe in us enough to trust us, not only with your word, but with walking out that word. And so, God, as we do that, I pray, I pray, God, that you would be with us. Let us rid ourselves of this guilt and this shame and this past. And let us press on and move forward. Lord, let us recognize what we were delivered from. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song today. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.